0: Before we start the show today, today's Ask the Podcast Coach show has a slightly distorted edge at times because we were using FireTalk Talk for the last time, by the way, and it wouldn't let me into my very own meeting and wouldn't let Rob in. And so, well, it kind of sounded like this. All right. Uh, there he is. Success. It only took us 10 minutes. <laughs> Holy cow. Now, for the most part, it's not that bad, but I just want to let you know that's what's going on. And I was so happy that Rob was finally in the meeting that I immediately just launched in and didn't really check my volume levels. So that's what's going on, but it's definitely listenable. And here is the show. As the podcast coach for September 24th, 2016, let's get ready to podcast. That's the dancing part. There you go. Get your freak on. Alright, welcome aboard. It is time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live... I am, uh, I guess, the podcast coach that would make me Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. And we are here every Saturday at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time or 7.30 PST. And uh, that guy right over there is still not Jim Cullison, who is uh, out on assignment. Uh, it is the one and only. This guy's been doing podcasting before there was podcasting. He's uh, the head of content. Is that your official title? Over at, Yep. Over at Spreaker. He's also the co-host of one of my favorite shows, which is the new media show with uh, Todd Cochran. So everybody give it up for the one and only Rob Greenlee. Rob, thanks for coming
1: on the show, buddy. Hey, it's great to be here, Dave. It's the first time I've been on your, on your show like this. It, it was an honor for me to be here on your show. I appreciate it. it and plus, okay. I also want to say also sweep floors at, at Spreaker as well. So
0: Is that it? You just kind of do everything over there? Where, yeah. Now you have a different background than normal. Where, where are we catching you today?
1: I'm actually in my other home in eastern Washington. Okay, because so. I'm like, I don't,
0: I don't see the, usually you have the the, the cool shirt and the, a cat on your desk, and that is not the case Yeah, today. exactly. No, not, not today. Um, from podcastfiend.com, the one and only uh, Jeff Perry uh, is coming on in. And uh, so I was on Jeff's show talking about podcast success a couple weeks ago,
2: and there he hey, is. I, hey. Cool. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Sorry, my phone just started going off. Uh, I'm good. How about you guys? Good. Doing doing fantastic. So I, I've got a quick question for the both of you about social media. Okay. Um, mainly, I've been coming to this crossroads, I guess you could say, is automation versus authentication. Uh, mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. is it good or bad to have automated uh tweets and facebook posts and stuff like that to sort of promote your show um you know is there a threshold of where you know things should be you know how often should i be doing it if i should be doing it at all you know uh because I know, Dave, I, I see that you promote your show and, and I've been thinking about using, you know, services like Hootsuite or Buffer or something along those lines to sort of increase my social media activity because I feel like I haven't been uh, at the top of my game when it comes to promoting my show through social media. So my question is, is automation good to use? And if so, is there a, a limit to it?
1: Go ahead, Rob. I was just going to ask you what what type of automation are you specifically referring to? Are you talking about scheduling um, yes, tweets yes, or, yes. or, or scheduling tweets and stuff? Okay, yeah, because there is two different kinds. There's there's platforms that'll you know like will share the same post across multiple social networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably okay to to schedule things. Um, it's it's less spontaneous and it's less probably um, less connected to communicating with a particular user in a conversation. Typically it's more of a conversation starter, I would think. Um, but if you're not, you know, paying attention to what's happening after you post it or something like that, maybe you can miss out on some of the the discussion about it. But I don't know, Dave, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm kinda on, on board with you. I like to take content that I've created And automate it. What I don't like is there are some tools that will go out and just look for a keyword and bring it Mm -hmm. over. So it's stuff that I've created. I use a a tool called Tweet Jukebox. And what I've done is I, I follow my rule of I don't tweet like I have it set. I think I do like maybe two tops, three a day um, of past shows. And then in between that, when I wake up in the morning, I'm looking for current news articles and anything that I find that I think my audience might like, I will share Mm -hmm. those out and I will actually buffer those as well. The reason I use buffer for that is buffer. I have it, I go in like, I don't know, twice a month. And it looks at how often, like it it looks at my audience and kind of sees when they're online and then it'll make, and it'll say, how many tweets do you want? I'll go, I want four a day tops. And uh, it then looks and says, okay well based on where your audience is, these are the prime times to get the most views And so anything that I'm doing live, I let buffer pick the time for it to go unless it's something like you know now where I might say, hey we're going live ask the So I do that and then I've I've been doing a better job of now because I'm trying to be more on Twitter That means I got to be there because the thing I hate is when somebody then sends me a message based on an automated tweet and then I'm not really there. That's the thing that I don't want to do because the worst thing you can do uh, in a customer service kind of arena is ask your customer for their opinion and then ignore it. So here I don't want to engage with somebody online and then have them respond to me and have it go into the abyss. So I always try to check my Twitter a couple times a day just to see what's going on, if anybody's DM me or things of that nature. But uh, I think when it – for me, I just – if you want me to unfollow you – tweet about 20 times a day and when i just go over to my stream and it's nothing but and i can see where it's like you and then three minutes later you again and then it's just bam 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 depending on what it is now if you're having a conversation with somebody i get that but when i just see you know just and and if there's if it's all about you i guess that's the other thing it's kind of weird i try to send out things that are not about me it's that whole gary vaynerchuk jab jab left hook uppercut
2: whatever it was Jab so, jab jab right hook.
0: Yeah, so I always try to send out stuff, you know, about what's going on in podcasting, things like that. And then um, you know, maybe once a, a day I'll I'll send out something about a latest show or something like that. I think that's what I have tweet deck to do. So mm-hmm.
2: I have got a quick follow up then sure. where Um, I mean, how, I mean, what's the good ratio when it comes to like automation, when it comes to like, hey, you know, throwback Thursday, here's episode four of my podcast or something or like, here's some old content that I'm trying to promote or some new content where you're basically just scheduling out those tweets on like a weekly basis or however often you want to have it go. But like, uh, how often is that happening compared to organically going on Twitter and either replying to somebody or just tweeting that's not scheduled and stuff like that i I mean is it a a, you know a little bit of automation and a lot of organic stuff or is it kind of 50 50 i mean where's the ratio sort of fall or like you know what are some recommendations when it comes to that
0: rob you want to take that one first or
1: well i think that i mean i tend to not use any any automation at all on my tweets i mean every tweet that i do is organic to the moment and in and hopefully engaging in a in a Conversation, if possible. I mean, I do tweet a lot about you know the shows that I'm on and and the the podcast that, that I do, and I I feel like at times that I I, I maybe do that too much um, and not you know put as much content in there that uh, would actually engage someone to have a ha, have a conversation. I mean, I I really enjoy kind of sparking that kind of stuff where where there's a back and forth and a whole kind of thread almost on 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 twitter and it's and it's always fun to do that so i don't tend to use the 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 automation tools at all i tried it at one point and i just it just didn't feel right to me so anyway i hope that answers
0: i I don't know that there is a quote right answer i think it's whatever your audience is going to be able to tolerate uh, I know for me, the minute I see a tweet that says the daily blah, blah, blah is out. Here's the link. Ignore. I, I just go and unfollow. Cause I'm like, <laughs> if you're, if you're not even going to find information for me that, you know, you, you just let something scrape an RSS feed. And now you're going to, I'm just like, nah, you're not even trying. Um, but that's just my own personal opinion. And you know, when, when in doubt, you know, ask your audience, things like that. Um, see what they're up for. But I, the other thing I think at least for me that I've, it dawned on me, like the other night I had done a Twitter search for start a podcast. So all these people saying, you know what, I think I might start a podcast. And I would reply back to them and said, Hey, I would love to help you with that. If you have any questions, blah, 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 ask the podcast coach. And I I did that like four in a row. And I was thinking, you know, if anybody's watching my Twitter stream, they're going to see every one of these where I'm saying, I would love to help you. I would love to help you. I'm like, well, that's not very good. And then it dawned on me. Nobody's watching my Twitter stream 24-7, and if they are, they're yeah. going to go, oh, look at – so I think sometimes we magnify, and I don't yeah. want to say that nobody's watching, but I don't know what the average lifespan of a tweet is, but it's, yeah. it's probably – I know when I look at my Twitter stream thing, it's just – And so I know Chris uh, Nessie in the chat room said, have you guys ever thought about a hashtag? And I thought about that. The thing I hate is SOP also stands for standard operating (laughs) procedure. And so I need like SOPC or, you know, and then anything that would make sense is, you know, 77 characters, you know, hashtag Dave show about podcasting. You know, that's just not going to work. So I've thought about it. I just haven't come up with a cool hashtag.
2: So I I came up with one (laughs) and I've been thinking about doing, um, it's same. it's in the same vein as like what buffer does a buffer chat every Wednesday morning or whatever. Um, I was thinking about doing, I I mean, I don't know if I have the right clout to it or not, but it's an idea that I've got to basically do like a weekly thing where I have people in the podcasting space as like quote unquote guests during this like Twitter chat and just have like hashtag podcast pod chat or podcast chat or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've been thinking about doing for the last couple of weeks now. I just haven't implemented it yet or, or done anything with it, but it's been something that's been crossing my mind.
1: There's an, interesting- yeah, I think that's a good point. I've, I've uh, been involved in those type type of an events uh, and it does tend to engage audiences a little bit more and, and followers to have that, you know, like a Twitter event almost where you have, you know, the audience or the people you know you've promoted it in advance and over time people learn that you're going to be there at a certain time and one of the problems i think with twitter is is that it it feels kind of disconnected from from users um, of, of of twitter and i mean you you're just putting out things hoping that somebody will see it but you almost need to i guess purposefully engage i guess is the thing and i think it's a good idea
0: yeah, that's one thing I've never seen. It's kind of like a unicorn to me. Is a Twitter yeah. chat? I've heard people say I'm hosting a Twitter chat. Oh, no,
1: yeah, I've I've participated in those before, Dave, and they they're really really fascinating. And I've I've seen it actually really really spike my, my engagement on Twitter as well. Yeah. But it needs to be something that kind kind of attracts people to wanna wanna participate in. I mean, it's typically done around celebrities, but yeah. but I think it could could be done around a topic um
0: i know there's a a pretty cool hashtag called uh pattern oh is it pattern family yeah that is uh (laughs) interesting so yeah but uh i I just something yeah I, i to me i just i think we all have our own versions of why we use twitter and how we use twitter and i think yeah in the same way, it's kind of like do unto others as you want them to do to you. It's like I don't try to tweet a ton because I don't want somebody doing that to me. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I want value so I don't automate stuff, but I schedule yep. stuff ahead of time. It's it's kind of, uh, you know. And then uh, in the chat room, they're talking about a plugin called Revivaled Post that you can, uh, if you're using WordPress, you can put that on and have it mm-hmm. um, just randomly send out a, a post. So
1: Well, and now um, there's a good chance that Twitter could be sold for thirty billion dollars. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did not hear that. Today. No. <laughs> to who? Uh, I guess uh, Google and Apple and Microsoft are are looking at buying it, and possibly even Facebook. So,
2: interesting. I don't think
1: Facebook will ever go. I think
2: Zucks is going to hold on to that until you know the day he dies. But Twitter might go. That's interesting to me. Because, I mean, Twitter's billion. been, like, if you look at the stocks, it's just been, pew, just yeah. straight down the line, like, for the last year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: you're saying that all, like,
1: one of those companies would buy it or all would go in to yep. get? No, hmm. no. It's probably, they're all bidding on it right now.
0: Interesting. Because it's got to make money eventually. You know what I mean? I don't know that, has it generated <laughs> any revenue? I know they have ads yeah. now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's profitable doing doing really really great on the ad side but i think i mean it's a public company and they've 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 typically been okay in the past yeah i haven't seen the 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 stock so you're saying that the stock has been off quite a bit yeah it's been
2: it's been going i think it's i have to check it again but i checked it a few months ago and it's just been steadily declining for a consistent amount of time i forget how long it's been but uh, the stock has just been going down um, people have been saying for years now that Twitter is on its way out, you know, places like Snapchat, and Instagram are sort of taking over because that's where all the attention is. That's where everybody is interested in going. Um, I don't know if it's cause it's photo and video, or if it's just because that's what the kids are doing now. Uh, because now everybody's mother is on Twitter and Facebook. <sighs> so nobody wants to be on it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I've been hearing for a while that, you know, Twitter used to be a great platform, but now it's just uh, content overload because they aren't like Facebook and Instagram where they curate like here's what you should see or here is what we're choosing for you to see instead of seeing everything. Twitter still shows you everything uh, in regards to you know, the people that you follow, you see every piece of content that they put out, which is why, Dave, when you go and you're on Twitter and it's just like the floodgates are open basically the entire yeah. time. So I had and to make a
0: I make a list like I will follow people, but I, because you followed me and I'll look and I'm like, oh, you're a podcaster. But I like I have a, a list of just school of podcasting members. I have a list of people to talk about podcasting. And then I have my feed of everything that is just and I'm like, OK, I caught none yeah. of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, So it's – it'll be interesting to see because I I always say – I still say somewhere in the road, Facebook is not going to be Facebook. I don't know if it will ever happen, but I just – I've seen so many things that people have said, oh, it's too big. There's no way that will ever happen. It's way too big. And I go, mp3.com was pretty huge back in the day, and it's a dead horse. So – because again, it's like you said, when grandma's on Facebook – the kids are not going to want, you know, we had a problem yeah. with that in, in my family where grandma was on Facebook and my stepdaughter was in college and she was on a boat in a bikini and grandma was like, you need to put some clothes on, you know? And it was like, all right, I'm out of here. Grandma's giving me fashion advice. So yeah. that's going to yeah, be, my, my
2: grandmother thinks that uh, when you see the word comment, you have to do it. <laughs> so comments quite literally everything. And so I just, you know, because every time somebody comments on something, it shows up in your feed. So I just see grandma, 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 grandma. <laughs> like just everything that she's commented on. So yeah. Uh, I totally get that.
0: Awesome. Anything else we can help you with?
2: Uh you know what? That's those are, that's my biggest concern now is just my social media usage and stuff like that. And the, the automation was a a point that I was thinking about trying, but I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on it. So um that that's really it right now. Um, so i'm gonna go ahead and hop off but right. uh thank you both uh dave and rob i appreciate the the input on it yeah
1: well thanks hey, thanks well, for, for yeah.
0: yeah thanks for popping right. in my friend
2: yeah no huh. no problem i'll be in chat so i'll uh i'll be around right. thanks guys
0: and you can uh find jeffrey at podcast fiend it's uh how do you spell fiend f-i-n-f-i-e-n-d Jeffrey put it in the Something chat room. Like that. Buddy. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, he's got he got a new logo. He's got this cool blue thing that uh, looks like a little monster. That is the official podcast fiend, which just screams. Put me on a mug and a t-shirt and everything else. I was like, good job on that. So, <laughs> hey, I wanted to to ask Robin again. If you guys have a question, feel free to click on the button there in the bottom right hand corner. Um, what is the name of the network that you? The, it's kind of a Spreaker network. Um,
1: oh, uh, it's called a door. A door. Yes, it's at a door dot. FM. So go. it's, uh, yeah. What So what is that? It's just a, it's just a small podcast network that I, I, I started uh, a while back that is a- aggregated some, some shows and we're trying to drive some advertising into those shows. Um, so it's, it's part, part of a bigger initiative that's happening at a speaker right now to build monetization tools. And so th- this is just another part of that. Uh, puzzle that 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 we're putting together. The the back end capability is where we're really putting forth most of the effort um, to help potentially drive uh, you know some revenue to to shows on the platform, small and large. So,
0: well, that was going to be my question. I have people ask me about that all the time about setting up a network. And mm-hmm. i fu- I was talking to somebody, and I can't remember who it was, and I probably wouldn't say if I, I knew, but they are basically saying that they drive everybody to their network page and like there's one amazon link for all the shows and then at mm-hmm. the end they split them up evenly and i was like "Ooh, that could be weird if you have one really big show and a bunch of small shows how mm-hmm. do you know and and so how are you guys gonna do you, can you talk at all about how you're gonna divide things up monetizing ways or is that something that you can't really talk about
1: well no it's all based on what the what the downloads are and the uh, the, the audience is, um, I mean, a few of the shows on the network are, are shows that are straddling the the line between being a podcast and being a radio show. Um, so some of them have been picked up as, um, uh, nationally syndicated radio shows or they're radio shows in their markets, but they're also podcasts too. Um, so it isn't that I purposely have necessarily done that. It's just that the Shows that, that were attractive to me at the time um, happened to have those connections, and it and really it gets back to to talent and uh, it gets back to um, folks that are really really skilled at being being broadcasters per se, um, and I think it's uh, building a network is is challenging. It's not an easy thing to do because w- what what you're doing is you're bringing what is. Typically, you know, almost like stray cats. I mean, uh, podcasters like to do their own thing and like to um, make their own rules and do things their way and things like that. But when you're building a network, you're basically, I mean, it's not like you're tying anybody's hands because we don't own the shows and they can do whatever they, they want to. But but it is a little bit of a, a, a team that you're creating that um, to some degree need to work a little bit together, cross-promoting uh, we're you know working, knowing about each other, and maybe having um, cross um, guesting and things like that that happens between shows. Uh, so th- those are the things that, that that we're trying to do. But the Adora Network is really built on host reads right now. So we're we're doing uh, CPM and CPA campaigns and and those types of things at this point, uh, cost per action, um, and then our You know, cost per thousand type of campaigns is what the what, you know, what the bigger agenda is there. But it's really a place to to showcase kind of um, larger shows and Spreaker being a platform to support larger shows. And we're slowly but surely getting there. So like the the HeadGum Network is also all of their shows are hosted on Spreaker Um, there's some really, really popular shows that are part of that. Is that the name of it? It's called, it's called, it's called headgum.com. If you go, uh, check them out. Uh, it's a podcast uh, network based out of Los Angeles that really caters to the millennials. It's a, it's a younger, um, audience base that typically um, listens to all those shows. Um, they're all funny and humorous, but. But the big common thread across um, that particular network is um, authenticity and being being real. And I think that's the big trend line around the popular shows that are appealing to young people are, are ones that are talking about topics that are typically not politically correct to talk about. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's... Uh, so anyway th- that 's what 's going on with the door it 's just a side project really for me. Um, my main job is to be a podcaster and to help support other other podcasters to get on spreaker and and know how to do that and i've also been wor- working a lot with uh a live events as well so well
0: anyway. that's one of the the coolest things about spreakers. you can go live and uh mm-hmm. to me, I always thought it would be cool to have like local sports you know have, yeah. a, have a guy doing the whole hey welcome to tonight's you know magador wildcats game and you know have the have a microphone there to maybe pick up the crowd a little bit and then you know because you just can't get that information anyplace else to be uh, always interested yeah. to go hyper local because that's really one of the cool things for me about yeah. live is live events and when i saw you at podcast min atlantic i know you were doing some live show. i think you streamed the whole thing live didn't you
1: yeah i did yeah yeah off of a a Nexus Seven tablet <laughs> sitting on a desk. Um, but anyway, yeah, actually, there is a a a company. It's called City Prep um, out of Denver, Colorado that that we're working with. That is doing v- v- very much similar things to that. They're actually working with schools to live live stream their their football and basketball games. Um, so it's it's. And then those games become a podcast yeah. after that. So, so I think that, that that local aspect of podcasting, which has been mostly vacant, I mean, up to this point, it just there hasn't been enough people listening to podcasts in any any particular market for it to work to have l- local podcasts. Um, but I think we're getting to a time where where the audience levels is, are getting big enough that uh, it it might be possible to start doing more of that.
0: Yeah, because I know it's interesting. There's a a local show here in Akron, Ohio that's on the radio. It's it's just been it's the talk of Akron. WNIR, and it's the morning show has always been really popular, and people call in, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they've always had a host that's that's pretty good at just bashing people if you're really stupid, and just stating his mind. He's kind of a grumpy old man, and um, a lot of the people that listen to that show that call in, they're like, "I'm listening on the internet. I'm now in," you know cornfield idaho or wherever yeah. but i miss yeah. home i miss hearing about that so i would listen to a you know an Ellet orangeman high school football game just to uh because it's always fun when you do that you never know when you'll hear a last name and i'm like oh man i bet i went to school with that kid's dad you know so <laughs> <laughs> That's that, true. that could be fun um
1: have you heard about the
0: castaway awards yet
1: I have not heard about I, the Castaway I Awards. I just heard what's about these this
0: morning. In fact, I just saw this in Facebook. And this is where something if you're doing anything for podcast, it's castawayawards.com.au. It's an Australian podcast awards. And what's interesting is their site is up, but it's not like there's almost nothing there except a register button so you can register for that if you're a Australian podcaster. So it's kind of celebrating all things Australian, Roy, and uh, good day and, you know, whatever, blooming Onions and all that kind of fun-filled stuff. But I, good day? Good day? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just always amazed because I, I know there was a, um, there was some sort of meeting in Atlanta a couple weeks ago that I never heard of. It was like, you know, a pod camp in mid- uh, Atlanta or something like that. I'm like, I never heard mm. any of that. And I just thought, wow, these people need to
1: reach kind of, out to the community yeah, yeah it's dangerous. like
0: you know reach out to you on the Spreaker live show and Robin Elsie on you know the Libson show and and uh,
1: let us know and we'll we'll definitely talk about it on our shows
0: yeah, yeah. i was like holy cow um kim had a a, a little thing kim from uh, com. she uh, said this might be a good topic she was uh she got an email and this is not a Spreaker thing for the record. I I don't know if maybe you being on her, she thought it would bring it up, but this is, you you get this everywhere. Um, Of course. And somebody said, uh, hello, my name is gift. So right there, I'm like, okay, that's kind of different. Please contact me via email ID, which he did give his email. I will write you via email and explain why I contacted you and all you need to know about me. Okay. And I think her point was maybe we should talk about how to know, spammy things on your comments. If you're on WordPress or really whatever platform you're on, you're going to get things like this. Oh yeah. And, and for me, one of my tips, and I got to watch how I say this, but there are times when you see people, cause on one hand you might have somebody who has a legitimate question, but English is not their first language. So it's mm-hmm. very broken, but usually that sometimes can indicate that this is, um, not a legitimate question because the English is so bad. So that's, that's the tricky part. What I've usually found with w- comments on WordPress is look at the link that they sent you and mm-hmm. look very hard at it before you click on it. Because a lot of times it can be yeah, a nasty, uh, whatever, you know, you get sucked into the abyss or, or whatever. And that's why they're doing that. It's usually, it's not even a real person. It's a robot. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Rob, do you run into that on your sites and things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, on occasion, I mean, specifically, I mean, in in comments, I mean, it's uh, it can be pretty pretty treacherous. I mean, you have to be careful. Um there are a lot of automated bots out there that will um just post to to comment fields and things like that unless there's proper, you know, blocking or filtering of that. Um yeah. yeah. It's uh, I mean, you have to be careful.
0: You can go into WordPress and say that all comments need to be approved unless you've approved them before, which is kind of a hassle because now you have to go in and look at your comments and approve them to show up. But that it is a way that if somebody is a legitimate comment and you say, yes, approve, the next time they go to leave a comment, it automatically kind of goes through. So you've kind of proven that you are comment worthy in a way. And then if you're using WordPress, I'm a huge fan of the Akismet plugin because it uses, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of run by wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And so they do a pretty good job of identifying the, the spammers. And um, that is at times daunting when you go over and look at how many spam comments you have, it's like, Holy cow. And that's I know. the, the good news is is WordPress is such a popular platform. The bad news is that also makes it a giant target for uh, you know, spammers and, Bots and all
1: that other fun-filled stuff. Yeah, I had to actually take down an old, old uh, podcast uh, blog that I had uh, years and years ago for my old radio show because it just had, I had like tens of 20, 30,000, um, you know, spam posts in my, it was just killing my database.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing I, I found out is that while they're not on your website, they are taking up room. And yep. um, I just started playing with a tool called WP Manage. And mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. It's meant for people who have multiple WordPress sites, and you can kind of see everything in one spot. So I connected it to the School of Podcasting, and it said, you have like 4,276 spam messages. And it was nice mm-hmm. just to go kill them. And it, it optimized my website for some stuff. It was pretty cool. And what's nice about it is it's free. It's, they just got bought by GoDaddy. Yeah. And the whole thing is that it's free. And I think you get one free backup a month, which is better than nothing. Realize that worst case scenario, you now have to put in 30 days worth of episodes that just got lost. But I think if you want to back up more frequently, and it'll back up to Dropbox and insert you know, Google Drive, all this other stuff. It's like two bucks a month. And I was like, sold. And I think when they got bought by GoDaddy, they changed their pricing structure because they didn't used to be that cheap. It was, it was, I forget what it was. It's, um, let me put a, cause they do have an affiliate program, of course. Um, I think it's asked the podcast. Boy, well, I'll tell
1: you, um, though, WordPress has gotten a lot better than it used to be. Yeah. When I first started using WordPress code and building sites around it, boy, I had all sorts of problems. You know, you put the wrong plugin and it takes down the whole site yeah. or, uh, and, and just keeping it updated, now it's automated and it doesn't seem like there's the problems that they used to have with it. But boy, I tell you, in the, you know, like five, six, seven, eight years ago, it was just crazy um, to try and run one of those sites. Yeah. So labor intensive.
0: Well, it just seems like it's updating all the time, which is a good thing, which keeps it secure. Yeah. And we,
1: I talked about hopefully this, it doesn't uh, break plugins though. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: it. That's why it's always good to have a backup. I use a, a thing called Backup Creator. I know there's Backup Buddy, and and mm-hmm. that's where I saw this thing, and it would automatically back it up. And they the thing I always test with these, and I haven't done it yet with this particular system, is it's one thing to have a backup. How easy is it to do a restore? Because in the end, that's really what counts is how do I do a restore. And mm-hmm. um, so that uh, so I've been playing with that and it's funny cause there's another one called um, CMS commander and it's mm-hmm. pretty cool, but it's the only reason I went with this one. Cause I think they both in terms of feature wise, it was about a wash. This one has a really pretty interface. I just went in, it was super easy to do. Um, so Daniel has a question for you. He says, uh question for Rob, what amount of live listening do you see for Spreaker shows?
1: Are you asking? I mean, um, it's pretty significant, actually. There's there are a lot of shows on on, on Spreaker that only do live. Um, so and and it doesn't even go into a podcast. Um, so you know that's what's interesting for me working at, at Spreaker, coming out of the podcast community was where pretty much everything was like uh, podcasts on demand, downloadable, all this stuff. But when you look at Spreaker, there, there are a lot of people out there that want to create kind of like what you would call a, call a radio show, but it's an online radio show and they never click the box to make it available as a download. Um, and it's, and it was really fascinating to me. The, the average, um, length of a show of a live show is actually longer than a show that's done, um, as a recording, um, and put out, on demand. People listen longer to live content than they, they are willing to listen to on demand content, which is that's, I mean, across the board, I mean, it's not a huge difference, but it's like maybe two or three minutes uh, longer on the um, live side than on the download or, or uh, on demand side.
0: See, I can see that if they're not putting it out as a podcast, because if you, if you're not there, you're not going to get it.
1: Where is if yeah that's if, true
0: if it's a podcast, they're like ah, i'll just I'll catch it later. I do that occasionally but across
1: yeah, I mean across the board it's 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 uh that those are the numbers it's like i i think the the average length of an on demand uh listen is about twenty five minutes um and the average length of a uh live uh show is actually i think like twenty eight minutes hmm uh, so it's not huge. There's not a huge difference there, but it's interesting that it's more. Right. Um, and it speaks to. So I, I guess, at least on Spreaker, anyway, this the sweet spot for creating content on the platform where the, the average is is around, like I said, between 25 and 30 minutes is the average length of a program on the platform. And that's across that's across like 60, 70,000 shows. Uh, so you, it's a pretty good sample. But I don't think it's indicative of what you see on any other uh, platform because, I mean, unless that platform has streaming, live streaming ability, it's obviously not going to be an option, but, but it would be curious to see what FireTalk, you know, what their average length of an episode is here and what the audience engagement is t- to that period um, yeah. as well. I mean, I think it's it's always, you know, I come from a radio kind of background to some degree and I spent a lot of years over there so live has always been part of my my thing that I like to do though it's scary as hell to be live uh it's you know if I go back to the live time that I was in the the radio station um for many years it was uh you know people wouldn't call in on time and I'd come back from break and I wouldn't have my guest and there 's oh, just fun. a lot of stuff <laughs> that would happen that you just kind of like always have to have backup content all the time because it's it, 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 if that guest doesn 't show up, you have to have something to talk about right so you 're always over producing or creating too much content or extra content all the time yeah. if you 're trying to do a live program unless you 're like doing doing like we do here and Todd and I do on the on the new media show is just. Um, get up in the morning, go go to your microphone, turn on your your webcam and just start talking about whatever, you know, comes up. It's almost like going going to a Starbucks and s- sit down, you know, with a friend and just talking. And that's kind of like what we're doing here.
0: Well, one of my favorite shows uh, is called Marketing Over Coffee. It's um, Christopher Penn and yeah. mm-hmm, John something. Um, I forget his name. But they literally used to – John Wall, thank you – used to literally go to a Starbucks or I think it might have been a Dunkin' Donuts. And you'd hear them like every time somebody got a Frappuccino, you hear this – and they have since switched to – I think they do it as a Google Hangout now. But for a while, it was just two guys over coffee talking about what was going on. And um, yeah, I always go out to different Facebook groups or if people send me questions during the week, I try to put them here just in case, A, nobody shows up. And, uh, you know, I always have something to talk about. I did see a, a cool thing in the chat room. Um, Michael said, uh, so if you have a show on Spreaker, it can be downloadable and live. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, definitely. Um, I had it almost started this morning. I was going to go live on Spreaker. And then when we're done, I just go ahead and hit stop. And it instantly turns it into a podcast if you want it to. And um, I've always said if, um, and if Rob Walsh could close his ears, um, if he's listening, if somebody says, I want to do a podcast on my phone, I'm like, here it is, Spreaker, because you just talk into it, it's live, you have a little chat room there, even on your phone. And then when you're done, boom, you hit stop, podcast, done, you know, and it's done. Yeah. And so it's Mm -hmm. super duper easy that way. And so, yeah, and I actually like Spreaker's chat room, um, even though we have our own here, but when I was playing with Mixler and Spreaker, I actually liked the um, the Spreaker chat room a little better. It was pretty cool. So if you're a person that like, look, I have a face for radio and you want to do a live show. Um, have you guys ever thought about jumping into the the blog talk radio pool and having a, a phone call in option?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's something that we've uh, talked about as a team uh, quite often and it's part of our, our, our plan. But the, the problem that comes into it is we don't be careful what tools that you give users um, because I think that that's kind of what got blog talk radio in trouble a little bit was, was the fact that they gave out tools to produce content that produced bad, bad quality audio um, and, and people used them <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the core. So when we consider things that we add to the speaker platform, we, we consider quality and what are people really going to use? It's always great to have features that that um, are forward-looking and maybe maybe used in the future by people, but but we try and create features that we know that people want and need right now, and so that's the that's our priority. And I did see a, a question in the comment uh, stream uh, from Live Stream Insiders. I said, Rob, what tips do you have if people already have a podcast and yet? Uh, want to use Spreaker for a live show, and I would say just go over and create an account on Spreaker, and you can do, uh, do do your live episodes right there. And if you wanted to, you just take them out of there and add them to your podcast feed if you're hosting on Libsyn or o- other places. I mean, I mean, you can get those episodes out of those live shows. Yeah, you and, yeah,
0: you can do a couple things there if you're if you're using the Spreaker feed. They have a really cool embeddable player. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, I'm already using PowerPress, you can get the direct link to the MP3 file and no. just copy that, exactly. put it into PowerPress, and uh, yeah. and then you'll get your stats over in Spreaker as well. And that's what's – the thing is kind of interesting. You can see how many people listened live versus how many people listened um, later, and that will be – that will vary, I'm sure, from show to show.
1: But, oh, it does. It actually – it really, really varies a lot. I know there are some shows that um, just get thousands and thousands of live l- listeners And it's really fascinating to to listen to those shows to find out what they're doing that's connecting, you know, with their audience at that level. And oftentimes those shows have a lot of comments too, like six to 10,000 comments per episode. Wow. I mean, these are like uh, two to three hour shows. Um, So, you know, one is uh, uh, called... Beyond Reality Radio. It's actually ho- hosted by Jason Hawes, who's the the host of the Ghostbusters TV show on Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he does a show um, that 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 garners, I, I think he's getting like six to eight thousand listeners and probably fifteen hundred comments d- during his show. Now, does he so, have a team
0: there to handle the comments? Because that's that's insane.
1: Yeah, I think he has. A, uh yeah, it's him and a co-host, and then I think he has what one other person that k- keeps an eye on the on the chat room. Yeah, he actually just took a show out to to national syndication, so he's yeah. So that's one of those Adore shows that I was telling you about.
0: Nice. And then uh, Jeff says, when should a person decide to go live when they already have an active audience, or do they just do it? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing with live. I always tell people when you first start off, like you've, you've already mentioned, I don't have an audience. So yeah. the key is it's you have car. to do it. Like you do speaker live. Um, it, and I think it's two o'clock on
1: three what? o'clock uh, on Pacific standard time on Wednesdays. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have to do it the same time. Um, so keep in mind that that has to be there and that can sometimes be good and sometimes bad. I know one mm-hmm. morning I woke up and I was not feeling well and, uh, was going to have to, fire up the iPad and, and, uh, start from the bathroom because it was, you know, there's, there are things that happen in life that you're like, the show must go on. And I'm like, mm, this could be a problem. Um, that might be too much information, but, um, <laughs> you know, but you have to be there. Otherwise, if you jump all over the place, that's one of the, the kisses of, of death to any TV show. I just saw one that was really popular and it moved to a new day. And I was like, uh Oh, why are they? Cause sometimes they will take a popular show on TV to, to try to, have a good lead in for a show that's not doing so well. But if they keep moving it around, um, I forget there was a really popular TV show for a while. And they said one of the reasons it kind of went down is that the network kept doing that. They kept trying to use it to boost their ratings on other nights. So you have to kind of be at the same time, the same week, and then just realize it's a whole different skill. Like I haven't done this at all today, but I should have been going. Hey, if you just joined us, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We're here every Saturday at ten thirty, and uh, we're, we've got Rob Greenley here from Spreaker this week. You know, it's called a reset. And then a lot of times I do that live, and I will cut it out for the podcast because if yeah. it's a podcast y- you've been here
1: they're already there right yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i laughed when uh andrew dice clay first started a podcast he just wanted to be like howard stern and he kept doing resets through the whole podcast and i just felt like going somebody needs to tap him on the show and go excuse me dice it's a podcast they're they're not tuning out Yes,
1: uh, exactly. It's is the radio. So
0: it is is fun. I will say the one thing that's cool about live is right here we're looking at a chat room, and there's nothing better than instant feedback as opposed to putting it out as a podcast and maybe somebody will email you back or things like that. So it's definitely got a – there's a definite juice. There's a bit of adrenaline that's going on when you do something live. But on the other hand, you also have to be able to have the skill. Like for us, uh, we're bringing in people. So I'm always – ready willing and able and it's a hard skill to do but to kick people out um it's been a couple months ago we had the if, if anybody was here we had a, a russian guy that just kept coming in this is back on blab and he just kept mm. complaining about blab and i'm like this is not the blab helpline and then he, he he'd come back and no 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 i got the and then he sits this, and i'm like okay and i was just like and and it was funny if you watch the video because you could see me smile because i knew i got to <laughs> boot this guy you know and you just have to remember to to do that And with some people they will get on and then not get off. Like they'll ask their question and, or they'll ask their question again. And you just have to realize at all times you are the gatekeeper between you and your audience. So it's, it's a fun skill. If, um, if you want to read on that Valerie Geller has a great book called beyond powerful radio and she has a whole thing about Mm -hmm. handling live and, and that skill. And it's fun. So
1: and like yeah, said, it's something that you have to learn. It's, I mean, it's not something that's going to immediately come come easy to you. Probably, I mean, unless you're r- really, really skilled at being a podcaster, right now, it does does require you to just kind of like relax because it, it can be a little tense at the beginning, right? It's like, you know, but I guess you know, I, you and I have done this so many times that it's we don't get stressed out about it. It's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing getting up in public speaking at conferences or anything like that. I just don't get stressed out about it. I used to years ago, get pretty, you know, tense about it and got the butterflies in the stomach and, and, um, you know, worried. And, but now I just, I I just don't, I just get up there and talk to people. And that's kind of, kind of what this game is all about.
0: Yeah, that's it. It was, um, you had some ideas at podcast mid Atlantic. You were moderating a panel that I was on. And that's yep. just where I, I've seen you moderate so many panels and I'm like, all right, I'm in good hands with Rob uh-huh. and I, but I really didn't know a whole lot what was going to be coming at us. And it's no. just like, all right, I'm just going to answer a question and I'm on the panel here for some reason. So assuming they, you know, we're going to stay in my wheelhouse and, uh, we had a good time. So you just kind yeah. of roll with it. And, um, you know, it's like this morning, you know, we were about 10 minutes late uh, getting in here due to technology. Now, behind the scenes, I was like, if you could have listened to the mixer thing, I'm back here going, God bless them. And just like, I just wanted to punch something, but you know, it, the good news is people will stick around. And if they don't, uh, thank you to Heather who was saying, I, I saw her comment. It's definitely worth the wait. Yeah. Um, so
1: well, but, that's nice. That's nice of her to say that. <laughs>
0: yeah, so there's also a, um, they started this last year, a gratitude award, Uh, Mm -hmm. And International Podcasting Day, they have a, they kind of changed Mm -hmm. the, not not so much rules, but this year they're um, using my podcast reviews. And if you go to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash M as in Mary PR for my podcast (laughs) reviews, um, you can get a free account for this. But one of the cool things that it does is it tracks international reviews. So they're going to run sort of some sort of algorithm and the person with the most, the widest variety of international. So in other words, for me, it'd be people outside the US. Um yeah. okay, sorry, I'm I'm saying that wrong. Um you must register through the IPD link. Sorry about that. So uh go to international slash gratitude and uh sign up over there and um yeah, so that should be fun to see how that uh boils out yeah. to, to see what it is. But all sorts of fun things that you can do over there. And um uh, you know, if nothing else, just tell just walk up to somebody and you go, Do you have a smartphone? Yes, do you listen to podcasts? No, give me your phone. And then subscribe them to your show.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. that's a good strategy to pick up new listeners. I hadn't thought about that one. Just just grab people's cell phones and subscribe them.
0: Yeah, just like, do you have a phone? Yes, give it to me. Because everybody will just yep. hand over their phone.
1: So yeah. So have you ever gone into an Apple store and yes. picked up uh, an iPhone or an iPad and subscribed to your podcast? My that? uh, nice.
0: my wife the one time uh, just came up to behind me and said, "Would you please quit doing that?" I went to every computer. <laughs> and subscribe to it. And then I made the default page of if they launched the of Safari, the school of podcasting. And she's like, you're going to yeah. get us thrown
1: out of the store. I'm like, nobody's watching. Shush. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think every podcaster has probably done that yeah. at least once. Right?
0: And, and Daniel says, you do know they wipe those every night. Yeah, it was it was called I was bored in the Apple store. I'd already seen what I wanted. And uh, but yeah, I used to do that at Best Buy. And, I, you know, you go all those places and you're just like, "Ah, oh, I got time to kill. So one of those lovely marketing ideas that really doesn't, it's like, okay, it
1: doesn't work, doesn't really
0: work, but I feel like I should (laughs) be doing something here. So from, this is from a Facebook group from a a guy named Dan Bird. That's B Y R D. He says, big problem. And just so everybody knows that this happens, um, we're not just making these up. We were using, and I've never heard of this. Pizeo P I Z E O, uh, Skype recorder to record a super important interview. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to guess how this one ends? Um, and we lost it. Any tips on recovery? And, um, and I, this is what I say it's that Murphy's law, the more important the guest, the better, the chance that you're going to lose it. And for you know, geek- I had the
1: same thing, yeah, I, I had the same thing happen to me at podcast movement. I, I did this in depth conversation with the person that's kind of in charge of podcasting for Spotify <laughs> oh. for the speaker live show. and um. For some reason, it didn't stream live. It just and I didn't capture it on my local machine, so I I lost this forty minute detailed conversation with the leader of Spotify about what they're doing with podcasting. Oh, and now and you I can't get like, her back. Yeah, and it's like, well, now she's moved on to a new position at, at Spotify, so she's not even working on podcasting anymore. So, um, so I can't can't get her back. So I'm, uh. I'm trying to get somebody else on to come in and tell us about what they're doing. Yes. Um,
2: or not doing Spotify
1: (laughs) platform. (laughs) Well, they're actually doing things. It's just, uh, it's kind of moving a little slower than I think. I think most in the community would like to see them do it. So I am hearing, hearing reports here and there that they're the people that are in there, which is a pretty small list, um, are getting, getting some listeners. So that's good.
0: Nice. And so I was just going to say that's I recommend to everybody always have some sort of backup recording, no matter what you're using. I know I've been playing with um, the cast system where it does like quadruple enders for people. And mm-hmm. um, if I'm using any software on a computer, I always have a portable recorder going somewhere that captures it just in case. And because um, I used to use uh, on the PC, there was a, a program called Call Burner. And I've never, ever had a problem with it. And like the last month or so, it's one of those where you're crossing your fingers and and, and you go and double click on it. And it's the oddest – it's not even like static. It's just like a – it's just this awesome (laughs) deafening noise when you pull it up. And you know it as soon as you open it up because – it's just this, it's not even a wave. It's just this square blue thing for your sound fine. You're like, yeah, that's not normal.
1: And you hit it and you're like, yeah. Yeah. And so. Well, so I mean, even that, uh, lost conversation that I had with, uh, yeah, the Spotify woman, um, all I had to do was check a little checkbox in the, the speaker studio for desktop software and it would have recorded it locally to my, um, to my desktop. I just forgot to check, check the out. box.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Never feels... The the cool thing, speaking of that software, if you are a person with a Blue Yeti, which was another question I had, somebody was trying to plug two USB microphones into their PC, which is a bit of a nightmare. And I always say, go check out the Spreaker Studio
1: because... Yes, yeah, so you can get up to four microphones. Yeah. USB microphones plugged into that. But you need to have a USB hub in order to do it.
0: Yeah. But you can you can do that. It is possible. In the past, it was just like go buy a mixer and get some new microphones. But it is something you yeah. can uh, can do yeah. now. Um, I know Daniel says he did uh, three video reviews recently and discovered there's a constant buzz on the audio. That's always fun when you find out afterwards. Um, yeah. He says it's a combination of a particular mic and a particular recorder. Yeah. So. But that's always fun. So don't feel bad if that happens to you. I mean, you'll still feel bad, but just realize that it does happen to everybody. I know with Mark Marin, I always tell somebody usually between episode zero and I think for Mark was 400. So I say somewhere between there, you're going to probably lose one or have one that's um, yeah not great. I had, uh, it's going to be this week's episode of the School of Podcasting. I, I interviewed a woman from um, the Netherlands and I was using this cast system. And she had the world's clearest headset mic. I mean, it was like there was – to say there was no base to this is an understatement. But I didn't notice it because we had the total – it sounded like Skype, only like Skype in the really bad days where like every third word was to get at, – at, Oh, no. And, that's but horrible. I, but at the same time, I was kind of understanding what she was saying. And I'm thinking to myself, the good news is it's ge- it's being recorded locally and it won't sound that way, which it which was true. But what Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out because the audio was so bad is she had like everything with an F, a P an H or a B had this huge plosive. And so I actually went through and the good news was because she had an accent, I could actually go in and cut out parts of a word. And it didn't sound like she was mispronouncing it because she had an accent. So that is something where it just goes back to, if you can listen to actually what you're recording, Because in my case, I I really couldn't, I could hear it, but it was really, wow, just in and out all the time. Because otherwise what I said, can you please move your mic somewhere to where it's not? Because it just picked up everything she was saying. And it added a good 45 minutes to be able to just use that interview. And then I, there were things that I might've kept in before, but because there were so many plosives, I'm like, nope, don't need that answer. Next, next. So I really (laughs) scaled it down. So, But I was surprised how... Uh, especially S's because somebody will say an S and they'll kind of drag it out or an F or an H that you can cut out part of that and still have enough <gasps> for the H to where it doesn't sound <laughs> like it was, it was cut out, but it was, it was a nightmare.
1: So for those that like to do a uh, very detailed editing, <sighs> right?
0: Yeah. It was one of those things. Well, it was a matter of, am I going to use this? And I felt bad because she was really excited to be on the show. And it's, um it's also something I might start doing is because that was a case because normally I pick my guest and she approached me and said, I have this book about how to grow your confidence. And I'm like, well, that would be good. My audience has imposter syndrome at time. I said, can you send me your book? So she did. Then she emailed me back in two weeks and said, have you read the book yet? I'm like, nope, I haven't. You know what? i tell you what, let's just set a date that'll force me to read the book. I read the book And the first part of the book was stories of people who, who, you know, I didn't have any confidence and then they did. And I'm like, well, that's a great story, but I'm not sure that's really going to help my audience. And finally, at the end, she had strategies. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Cause I was like, "Mm, now what do I do? Cause I'm going to promote a book I don't really like. And so, um, that would be number one. I don't think I would have done that again. I'm like, let me read your book and make sure it applies to my audience. But then, um, the fact that I didn't hear her audio, First, I think I might start telling people if you'd like to be on the show, just record yourself doing the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever you want to do. Tell me what you have for breakfast and send it to me because there is a standard for audio. And if you don't get it, I'm going to tell you here, go buy this microphone and and go there. And I think that will also weed out, you know, as you say, the men from the boys kind of thing. I don't know. I don't get that a lot, but that's just something every time I've ever done that. Where I have somebody on my show that I didn't pick that basically talked them onto my show. It's not been a great experience, audio wise or just content wise. So if you do you get a lot of that, people asking you to be on your show that you have no idea who they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's it it comes in spurts. I would say. I mean, it's I get pitched a lot of stuff. Um, there's just so much um, new happening in the space right now um people coming up with new ideas and things like that. I think it's a really exciting time in the space. Um and people are constantly re- re- reaching out wanting to be guests on this or um though I would say that the the new media show has been a little bit of a challenge for, for me to get guests on there here recently. And I'm not sure exactly why that is. I think it has to a little bit to do with the the, the the fact that it's on Saturday mornings. And I don't know if you have a struggle trying to get guests Saturday mornings, but you
0: you you are the first person from the the West Coast because I have plenty of friends on the West Coast and then I'm like, i would be 7 30 your time. And they're like, yeah, not happening.
1: So. Yeah. So it can be a little it can be a little bit of a challenge trying to book guests. And I think also our show tends to be a little bit uh critical of certain parts of the of the non or slash somewhat podcasting community. Um, More on the, you know. So I try and invite pretty high level people, and oftentimes they have family obligations and they can't can't join us. And a lot of the newer people into the podcasting space are more on kind of the the business side, or the ones that I would like to talk to on the on the show are not podcasters. Yeah, (laughs) they don't. I mean, a lot of them don't even really have microphones or. Really know how to use them, or you know, webcams or anything like that. So they, it's really kind of an interesting trend. It hasn't always been like that. I mean I mean, uh, back in the early days of me doing doing that show and, and Dave, you're probably, you' probably know you probably had this experience as well, but um, it wasn't any problem getting guests on because all the podcasters I was reaching out to all had microphones and were good yeah. at doing that. But if you start reaching outside of that community, trying to pull in new people. Um, it, it it becomes a challenge. I yeah. mean, it's. I mean, a lot of new people just don't podcast.
0: Yeah, And then you get them with their laptop and their built-in microphone, and.
1: Yeah, and I get that too. You know, or on their 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 iPhone or something like that while they're driving somewhere, or it just yeah.
0: A lot of fun, but uh, well, we're going to start wrapping things up here. Um, Are we done already? No, we're not done really. We're we got to we do a little post show, but this is the little end. Little post show. This is the end of the free version. Yeah, because we're just getting warmed up here. Today. I know, exactly. But uh, so if you want to get the rest of the show that we're going to be talking about, go over to um, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and become one of our awesome supporters. Like Jim Collison uh, from TheAverageGuy.tv, Alan Meisner from OlderFitness.com, uh, Stargate Pioneer from BetterPodcasting.com, Barry Kessler from BarryKessler.com, Josh Rivers from CreativeStudio.academy, Frank Brill and Dale Henninger. Both of you guys still need to send me your website so I can give you a plug. But uh, you also get the bonus content that we're going to create here in about um, 38 seconds, Rob. And uh, so thanks to all of our awesome supporters. We are here every Saturday at live. Rob, where can people find you?
1: Uh robgreenly.com. I, I can also be found at SpreakerLiveShow.com. So if you want to check out that weekly podcast show about podcasting, that would be fantastic. And the New Media Show, which I usually do every Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific at newmediashow.com.
0: There you go. We'll see you next week with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach.
1: This
2: podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.